Welcome to Your Life Choices. I'm John Deeks, and it's great to have your company. In the studio, we have, uh, again, our award-winning Australian psycho. What awards did you win, Peter Quarry? Oh, Go on, name one. No, I can't. I can't remember them. They're, they're, you go to my website, peterquarry.com, and you can see them there. Along with <laughs> uh, your book, which yes. is available at? At all good bookshops, both uh, bricks and mortar and online. Okay, now you might you might actually get one that's signed by Peter, because he's he's roams around bookstores <laughs> signing his own book seriously, and they put a sticker on it saying it's signed by the author. I don't, I don't know about roaming around the bookshop, but, but I, 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 well, have, I have been I in the old bookshop. slinking. The slinking. <laughs> if I were you as the book, and uh, if you want to know more about Peter Quarry, you should go to his, uh, his website, peterquarry.com. There it is. And we've been answering letters from our delightful members of Your Life Choices. We have, John. And look, I'm so pleased that people have been writing in and uh, I'm just delighted to be able to offer whatever help and advice I can to to people. And, and, and I want to thank everybody who has written in because, you know, it's a bit scary, isn't it, to sort of, you know, un- reveal that you have an issue. So um, uh, great that people have done that. We have a, a letter here from Annie. And uh, dear Peter Quarry, I have three adult children, each of whom have a couple of children who my babysit after school and on weekends. Mm. Uh, Now, don't get me wrong, I love my grandchildren a lot. It's just they're taking up a lot of my time and I feel exhausted after minding them. They can be very exhausting. Uh, I feel at this stage of my life, I want to have time with my friends to pursue other interests. In particular, I have dreamed of studying a language, but frankly, I don't have the time or energy to do that, given all the babysitting I do. Uh, I don't want to create problems with my kids, I also know that they're under the pump with a lot of work, but I'd like more me time. Please help Annie. Yes, well, I can completely understand Annie, and I think this is a very common situation where people feel they have to help the children and the grandchildren, and you know they just don't have any time or energy left for them. And at this time of our lives, we want that time and energy for us. So this is really about... I think managing boundaries, you know, where is the boundaries and also managing your own guilt for maybe not giving the level of help that you want. And I guess also managing the fear of if I say something, what are going to be the consequences? Are people going to get angry with me? But look, this really reminds me of um, I used to run workshops many, many years ago on assertiveness, how to be assertive with people. And I I used to find that people were very confused about what assertiveness actually means. And they'd think, you know, you've got to say, no, I don't want to do it. And I'm not going to do it. Who do you think I am? I'm not a doormat. And they think that that was what being assertive is all about. But in fact, it's not. And I'd like to just explain that. So when we talk about assertiveness theory, we're really talking about three different styles of communication. And The way these are differentiated is based on the idea of rights, that we all have a right to make a request. We all have a right to say no to that request. We all have a right to have an opinion. So when you think about rights, let's talk about these three different styles of communication. So one is what's called non-assertive communication. And this is where I don't stand up for my own rights to say no. So let's say, for example, John, you ask me if I can look after your kid. And, you know, I, I really do want to say no, but I don't stand up for my right to say no. So I go, oh, oh, okay, okay. 
and I end up looking after your kid and I'm kind of angry with myself because I don't feel I've got any backbone and I'm feeling that everyone's treating me like a doormat. You've lost your power. I've lost, well, I've lost my power. I've, in fact, I've given it away. So that's non-assertive communication when you don't stand up for your own rights, for example, to say no. At the other extreme is what's called aggressive behaviour. Now, with aggressive behaviour, I stand up for my own rights, but I don't respect your rights, for example, to make a request. So you might turn around and say, Peter, can you look after my kids, please, this weekend? And I I respond by saying, who do you think I am, John? You've got a bloody nerve asking me that. You know, you're always asking me that. In other words, I'm not respecting your right to make a request. Okay, so their non-assertive communication and aggressive communication, you can see, are kind of not really ideal ways of communicating. So what is the best way? It's called assertive communication. So what is assertive communication? That's communication where I respect your right to make a request, but I also respect my own right to say no. So, for example, let's say you ask me... I say, Peter, can you look after my children this weekend? Look, I completely understand, John, that, you know, you need some babysitting, but unfortunately I'm not available. Oh, how about the weekend after? I'll have to get back to you on that. Okay. Now, okay, that was a little, just a little example, <laughs> totally unscripted. Yeah. But can you see how I did not put you down, I was not aggressive to you, I respected your right to make the request, but at the same time... I respected my own right to say no. So Annie, Annie, for instance, could say, uh, look, I can't this weekend because I've got the bridge club and then on the Sunday going to a gymkhana. Okay. Now, that's very interesting because there I'm giving – you're giving excuses. And the problem with giving excuses is, you know, let's say I'm I'm going to the bridge club. Well, how about I drive you to the bridge club and then you'll be able to look after them when you get home? Do you know what I mean? So, some, so can't Annie say, "Look, I love my grandchildren, and I love you. You're my children, but it's just I'm getting a little weary in in looking after the children." Yes, that that is entirely possible. Because you're always saying, "To be honest." Yes, I I know. But the problem with giving excuses is the other person can then find a way around the excuse. So they might say, "Well, look, how about I bring them over in the morning rather than the afternoon when you're tired?" So. Certainly giving excuses can work, but what I'm saying is that sometimes it's better to not give excuses, to just, and you'll notice in my first example, I just said, look, it it just doesn't suit me or I'm not available, rather than giving a detailed excuse. Now, sometimes a really good way to deal with this is is to use what's called broken record. And broken record is where you repeat several times the same line again and again and again. And it's a very good way of kind of sort of ending the request. So you might say to me, I want to, you know, look after the, will you look after the kids? And I say to you, um, no, look, it just doesn't suit me. And then you might come back and say, well, how about we do it another time? No, it just doesn't suit me. No, it blah, 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 blah. No, it just doesn't suit me. Now, Jeez, Pete, I don't know. You don't like this one? Well, I, I just uh, – I can imagine the kids going, gee, mum's changed. Well, that's right. Or maybe it's good and, that mum's and, changed. And, and, and why is that a bad thing? Uh, why yeah. is that a bad thing, John? Yeah, I got because you. you see, because, I got you see you. because you see what's happened is that the kids are used to mum saying yes. Yeah. 
all the time because mum has tended to use non-assertive communication all the time where she has not stood up for her own right to say no. She's And so they've, they've got used to that. So yes, mum has changed because she listened to the Your Life Choices podcast and she's learned that there is a different way. And guess, you know what? They won't dislike mum. They won't be angry, but they will say, yeah, mum's changed. And maybe, maybe, just maybe they'll say, that's actually not a bad thing. They'll either say that or, God, mum's selfish. <laughs> Annie, we hope that, um, what, what, what is the positive assertiveness? It's, it's called assertive communication as opposed to non-assertive yeah, or aggressive. Or aggressive. Yeah. Good on you, Annie. I hope that that helps. We have a, a very quick uh, – we have Peter Quarry, by the way, uh, in the studio right now answering your questions. And thank you so much for, for your e-letters. Uh, dear Peter, I've just turned – this is a quickie e, – I've just turned 70 and I feel old. I have no mm. energy nor desire to do anything. Is this the beginning <laughs> of the end? No, Tom – Go ahead. I'm 72. I don't feel it's the end. Yeah, but look, you know, look, we, we can have a, a laugh at Tom, but, you know. I'm not laughing I at know, Tom. I'm I know you're not laughing at Tom. And, and look, it's it's good to have a sense of humour about these things, but it sounds like Tom might be a bit depressed, mm. actually. I mean, talking about not having energy and he doesn't, what did he say? He doesn't, he doesn't have, have any, a desire, desire, desire to, to do, do anything, anything at all. I mean, look. That that is, uh, yeah, it does that that, that could that could well be depression, John. I mean, look, I think my, those milestone birthdays are challenging. I mean, I remember when I turned sixty eight years ago. Um, you know, I went through a tough patch because it just felt like I was, you know, entering old age and there was nothing I could do about it. I mean, now I feel terrific about it. But I think I think we do have to understand that those milestones can be can be challenging. It sounds it sounds to me like um, Tom might be depressed. Now, if if it's serious, Tom, and you know you're really lying in bed all day and really feeling bad and possibly having can't even get out of bed, having dark yeah. thoughts. Let's put it like that. I would strongly advise you to go and see a doctor. It may be that uh, the doctor might prescribe antidepressants. Antidepressants, I mean, tend to have a very bad rap, but really can be very, very helpful, particularly with severe cases of depression. And they're not like they used to be, um, you know, that they... Can really sort of help to smooth out a lot Absolutely. of. Absolutely, they, they they really can can be very good. Now, if on the other hand, um, the depression that you're experiencing, Tom, is is milder. And by by the way, depression is one of the most common um, common mental issues, particularly with older people. You know, for very understandable reasons. I guess there are a couple of things that I would suggest that you can do to maybe help you get out of your funk. First of all, think about what might be triggering off your depression. So, for example, it might be um, it might be toxic people in your life, you know, who are real downers. In which case, maybe you need to avoid them if you can, or limit seeing them. Uh, certainly, for younger people, not not so much for older people, social media can be a real you know, is a real cause for depression because you're looking at all these images all the time of all these glamorous, wonderful people. I mean, it's all fake, by the way, but then you look at yourself and you think, how can I live up? Um, certainly, another thing that I would suggest is is think about what it is that you are telling yourself. What's the story that you're telling yourself? Because I'm hearing you say, oh, I'm 70, I'm old, it's all over, it's the beginning of the end. And really what you need to do is 
try to change that story to something more like what you talk about, John. God bless you. You know, I'm 72. Life is terrific. I'm doing lots of things. I feel great. So, you know, try to change the story you can you you, you tell yourself. That can be really, really, really useful. Perhaps also because uh, I've I've. I exercise a lot like yourself, yeah. um, and perhaps Tom could uh, could try exercise. Um, and and I don't know if Tom's able to to get a pet, but yes. um, perhaps a perhaps a dog or yes, w- which would cause him to go out and have to walk twice a day or whatever. Look, exercise absolutely, John, has been shown to be extremely useful. Take a for- off your life. <laughs> Thank God. No, it really is. Seriously, it's yeah. it's terribly useful. Um, I guess a, a couple of other things that I would suggest is there's a lot of research that shows that when you do things for other people, when you when you are altruistic, so for example, volunteering, that this can really increase your level of happiness. I mean, it's quite it's it's interesting because the, the Buddha talks about this all the time. Um, uh, you know, the idea of doing things for other people, showing compassion to others. So possibly getting involved with some sort of volunteering. Another thing that research has shown is very useful for increasing our feelings of happiness is gratitude, showing gratitude. Now, probably a lot of our listeners have have heard of this already, but if you haven't, at the end of each day, spend five or 10 minutes just thinking about or identifying three things that happened that day that you can be thankful for and write them down. Research has shown that doing that increases happiness quite significantly. My 29-year-old so son does that. He's yeah. got a grateful book. Yeah. And, and he just he writes out things that he's grateful for. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolutely fantastic idea. And, you know, it helps also to change your yes. focus from, you know, uh, the downers to something that – and. Everyone can identify something that they can be happy for. The other thing is, I mean, you talk about exercise. The other thing, John, is um, diet. We've got to be very careful about sugar intake because if we eat things that are very high in sugar, we have that sugar hit and then we have the crash afterwards. Who hasn't seen kids do that? Well, you know, it happens for oldies as well. So that's something that we need to think about also. Um, And I guess finally, the the other thing is – Sam, think about talking to somebody about how you feel. Now, whether this is a close friend or a minister or even a counsellor, don't feel that you have to deal with this on your own. Being able to unburden yourself and talk to somebody uh, can really, really help you to get perspective on all of this because you're only 70, you've got plenty of time left to live a great life. Don't waste it being depressed. And if you really feel that... um you're, you're, you are finding it hard to get out of bed or you think it's, as Peter said, you know, getting very dark thoughts, then going talking to a medical practitioner yeah. is quite crucial. Absolutely. Well, Peter Quarry, thank you so much indeed for answering uh, those couple of uh, questions from our Your Life Choices listeners. Absolute pleasure, John. And uh, once again, um, if you have something you'd like to ask Peter, simply send it to newsletters at yourlifechoices.com.au. And if you're passing a bookshop, have a look and see if you can find Peter Quarry's book, If I Were You, his, um, his retrospective on, uh, on his life. And uh, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great book, Peter. Look, I'm, I'm just getting so delighted at the reaction that, that, uh, that, that people are giving me uh, for it. And they're, they're, I think it's encouraging them to also 
look back over their lives and write about them and tr- make sense of them. And th- at our age, this is a really, really terrific thing to do. So I encourage people. And uh, perhaps sometime in the future, we might have an audio book. I'm starting to record it in a matter of weeks. Fantastic. We'll tell you more about that on our website. Also, going to peterquarry.com, you'll find, um, oh, merchandise, T-shirts, stickers. <laughs> no, no? Funny hats? No. Swimming uh, advice? No, there's there's lots of clips of me being interviewed by all and sundry, including, by the way, uh, a wonderful clip of me on Good Morning Australia being interviewed by dear old Bert Newton. Oh, really? Circa 1990, when I, ha- you don't know this, listeners, but I'm bald, when I had hair. Oh, that stopped you in your tracks, John. Wow. (laughs) You had hair? Uh, Oh, shut up. (laughs) Peter Quarry, thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Absolutely, John. And for over 22 years, you know, Your Life Choices has been providing Australians with essential news, and we'd like you to make sure you can get as many people as you can to roll up to the Your Life Choices uh, website, become a member. It's absolutely free and will always be. And until next time, I'm your host, John Deeks, and on behalf of Peter Quarry and the entire Your Life Choices team. Be well, be happy, and we'll see you next time.